Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome to Marvel Standom. I'm Den of Geek News and Features Editor Kirsten Howard. And you may have already noticed that I'm not an extremely confident Italian-American man. That's because our usual host, Mike Cicchini, is unable to join us today. So you're stuck with me, but I reckon it's going to be a fun one, as we're looking back at arguably the best MCU trailers and certainly our favourites. With me, as always, are Den of Geek editors Katie Burt and Alec Bajalad. And since I hate intros that go on forever, let's kick this off sharpish. Alec, what did you pick as your runner-up? Well, first of all, I think you're a perfectly capable Italian-American man. Um, <laughs> for my first trailer that I picked for this, I went with Iron Man 3. And Iron Man 3, the movie, is kind of a controversial entry into the MCU. And I think it has a lot to do with this trailer. We've been hardwired to believe that the third entry in something is going to be the most like epic and conclusive and this trailer really leans into that. It begins like in the snow with Tony ultimately defeated, and then he gives a very sad boy montage about how scared and depressed he is and how bad things have gotten since New York. And then just like all hell breaks loose. Iron Man's waking up him and Pepper in bed. There are Iron Man's exploding. Uh, there is Malibu mansions falling apart. He falls into the ocean and nearly drowns. The trailer's even, like, book-ended with these really cool images of him ultimately defeated in the snow that it begins with. And then at the end, like, as a sort of almost post credit scene, you see Tony Stark just, like, in a t-shirt in the snow, dragging, like, a broken Iron Man behind him. This really sets up a far more epic movie than what we got. I like Iron Man 3, uh, but it feels more like it should have been an Iron Man 2, where it's kind of, like goofy and um, creative as opposed to, like, big and explosive. There's also the Mandarin, which, of all the things in the MCU that is aged poorly, they tried to pull it off in the time uh, in the movie by he's just, you know, he's not really the Mandarin. But the trailer doesn't really have that benefit because he's still play acting as the Mandarin. And the accent at play is so bizarre. It's... It's actually my favorite part of the trailer, even though it's so cringe and arguably offensive. But I remember when this came out, like, me and my brother would quote to each other all the time. as he says, Some people call me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. And the way he says, I consider myself a teacher is so cringe. He's like, I consider myself a teacher. And we just quoted that back to each other ad nauseum which is probably fairly problematic. I have fond memories of this trailer. I think it's suitably epic for a movie that is not ultimately that epic. It's interesting to have this conversation because we tend to devote so much time and energy to discussing trailers when they first come out, so prior to seeing the movie. So it's fun to talk about these trailers with the knowledge of what the movie is like because 
And doing, you know, and watching all these trailers in preparation for this, there's trailers that are really good, and there's trailers that are good at explaining what the movie is going to be about or setting up the right level of expectation for the movie. And I think you hit on that a little bit, where maybe this is a good trailer, but it doesn't necessarily give a good idea of what um, the movie will be like. And I'm someone who really enjoys Iron Man 3, but I think you're right. Um, the trailer is is maybe selling a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I love Iron Man 3 too. I can't even remember seeing the trailer. I think the memories of the film have completely obliterated it. So when I was watching the trailer and some of the other trailers we watched for this, I was like, I don't even remember seeing this. Like, I'm sure I must have, but... Uh, it was the film that got me hyped for the film and, mm-hmm. and definitely not this trailer. <laughs> I, um, yeah, <laughs> I do like it more than a lot of the other ones. Katie, what was your second pick? What, was your, what got your silver medal? So my runner-up was the Black Panther teaser trailer. And, and re-watching these trailers... Because obviously we're at a place in our culture where there isn't just one trailer for a movie anymore. There are multiple trailers, including a teaser trailer. Um, But a lot of the times the teaser trailers were the ones that really stood out to me for um, whatever reason. And I want to think more about that. Like, what is it structurally that I like about teaser trailers, maybe? Or at least MCU teaser trailers. It starts with a conversation from the movie, a scene that actually is like fairly intact for a trailer, which is you see Martin Freeman's Ross and Andy Serkis's Claw discussing Wakanda. And it's setting up this idea of the people within the world of the MCU not understanding what Wakanda is exactly, which is obviously an intentional part of Wakanda's like defense strategy that they lean into this assumption that they are a developing um, country in Africa instead of one of the most technologically advanced, you know, countries in the world. And I think my favorite, my favorite trailers are the ones that set up attention and or communicate like the theme of the movie. And if if it really grabs me, it gives a theme that I maybe haven't seen before, or haven't seen within the MCU. And here it's it's presenting this idea of you know, there's a voiceover. Soon, there will only be the conqueror and the conquerors. And I think that got me, you know, really excited that to see that the MCU or any major Hollywood blockbuster was going to explicitly address this, like, this theme of colonialism, because I think that's, you know, subtext in a lot of things, either intentionally or unintentionally. But um, for a movie of this, of this, budget to do that um i immediately was on board from this teaser trailer and also it has the voiceover i really like voiceovers <laughs> you are a good man step into the spotlight with a good heart and it's hard for a good man to be a king which i think also you know is obviously referring to t'challa we see the mcu grapple with this idea of how to responsibly hold power across every movie. That's arguably like one of the main functions I think of a superhero film. Um, But to see that explicitly applied to like the leader of a country. um, Yeah, I just, it just got me really curious and felt so new on top of the fact that obviously it's, it was the first, you know, black led MCU installment 
Um, it was the first African set MCU installment. Um, there were a lot of new things about this this movie that obviously did well internationally. People were excited to see something new. But yeah, I think this is a teaser trailer that got me excited. And I also think, you know, to go back to our discussion of the Iron Man 3 trailer, actually sold the film that Black Panther is. Like, it set expectations to the right place for what the Black Panther th- film was trying to do and mostly succeeded in. Wasn't there one with the Run the Jewels song? That's this one. Is, is that yeah. Legend okay. has yeah. it. Yeah, we're good. Which, obviously, this is another huge part of a successful trailer. Oftentimes, what is the song that's chosen um, to also, again, like, deliver the theme often, the thematic message. And the, you know, the mantra that comes up, or I think is most memorable from that song in this trailer, is Step Into the Spotlight. um, Which says a lot about what Black Panther was trying to do as a movie and what it represented for a lot of people. I love Black Panther. Kirsten, what's your trailer, or second trailer? Um, my second choice, and it, was, it wasn't it was difficult. Everything fell into second place behind my first choice. So <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't hard to do. I think we've spoken about this before, but a lot of the MCU trailers, especially the early ones, haven't aged particularly well. So I did look at these trailers based on how I felt about them at the time and not retrospectively. Infinity War took my second place in the end. It was a strange one for me because I was a bit like apprehensive about how Infinity War and Endgame were being produced back to back. Like when I consider some of the previous blockbusters that have been made that way, I think about like maybe the Matrix sequels, which I've got a lot of love for, but uh, maybe a bit of a mess. Uh, Deathly Hallows 1 and 2, which, you know, absolutely didn't need to be two movies. And then you've got Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, and At World's End, um, which is super testing. Um, so with Infinity War, I was worried that it might end up being, the film might end up being two or three hours of like wheel spinning and not much mm. in the way of big twists or surprises. <laughs> this trailer went um, <laughs> kind of a long way to reassuring me that that wasn't going to be the case. You've got that incredible Avengers theme and some of these brief clips that showed us so many of the characters that would pop up in the movie, tying together like the Earth, the Earthbound heroes, uh, mystical and cosmic Marvel with Strange and that Guardians shot at the end. So it was a big relief um, for a number of reasons. Um, also because up until that point, the CG Thanos that the MCU had had looked a bit janky. So it was a bit comforting to, <laughs> to see him as a, an actual physical threat that I could buy into. But the whole thing really teased like an immense adventure and I was like 100% on board for the film after seeing it. I just want to pull out your quote about Thanos, which is, it was a bit comforting to see him as an actual physical threat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I remember Thanos becoming like, the target of memes before that movie even came out like this that brief yeah. glimpse of him was strong enough that people developed an entire character around him thinking back on these trailers especially something like infinity war i just think about the relationship you maybe have to trailers when you already know you're going to watch the movie versus when you're open to being convinced or not i maybe like aside from iron man it's like i i knew i was going to watch these movies <laughs> Like, for both professional and personal reasons. So, yeah, like, what what do you get from a trailer when you're already, when you're already convinced? And also, I wonder, 
how that does or doesn't factor into the like strategy behind making these trailers for yeah for Marvel. I don't know. Getting deep on trailer philosophy now. <laughs> I guess let's get into the top picks. What took the top prize mm-hmm. for the MCU's past trailers, Alec? My top choice is. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We all probably had one particular trailer in mind as the best um, Marvel trailer when we went and started this. But having rewatched them all, I think this is legitimately my top choice. Like, I didn't get beat out on my real top choice. This is actually it. It has everything I'm looking for from a trailer. It's like the plot, platonic ideal of a superhero trailer. Because it starts with the funniest joke in the movie. And it ends with the second funniest joke in the movie. And then in between that is just, like, quick-cut shots of action while an amazing song plays. This trailer is so good, it might have actually, like, lessened my enjoyment of the film. Because I think the trailer is far better than the movie, even though the movie's pretty good. I can't believe that they spoiled the joke of Rocket trying to teach um, Baby Groot how to not blow them all up by pressing the wrong button. It's a phenomenal joke at the beginning of the trailer. And then at the end, uh, they have Mantis revealing that Peter Quill loves Gamora sexually, not platonically, specifies that. And then Drax just absolutely losing his shit with laughter. (laughs) She just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. It's maybe the funniest moment of the movie. It had me dying in the trailer. I, I couldn't believe how funny it still was to me. Then Fox on the Run is just a really fun song. I, it's like almost just like a two-minute music video, for, like hype video for the movie. Um, and in th- that case, I think this is just a perfect clip. Just like a chef's kiss, two minutes. I don't remember watching this trailer. Like, I'm sure I did before the movie <laughs> because I watch all of the trailers. I'm a weirdo who likes the second Guardians of the Galaxy more than the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And yeah, so this this trailer is like very enjoyable to me on rewatch, at least. Okay, Katie, tell us what your top pick was for the best MCU trailer or certainly your favorite MCU trailer. Mm, definitely my favorite. I chose Captain America Civil War. And I think all the trailers for this movie are really good. I went with Somewhat arbitrarily, but I do really like this trailer. Um, I think it's the first official trailer. <laughs> and it's the one that starts with um, Sam and Steve talking with Bucky as Bucky has his like vibranium arm and like an industrial clamp. And he's like reminiscing about Steve's mom to prove that he is no longer like full on conditioned. So it starts with that and then goes into you know, more of a general pitch of the, like, ideological argument that is in play for Civil War. So we hear General Ross. He says, Captain, while a great many people see you as a hero, there are some who'd prefer the word vigilante. You've operated with unlimited power and no supervision. That's something the world can no longer tolerate. Alec was talking about how these trailers can become, like, these, like, two-minute hype-up videos for the movie to come. And I think... For something like Civil War, that is especially true. Okay, listen, you already care about these characters. Let us t- let me tell you, as people who already care about the characters, what the stakes are for this movie. 
Um, and they're ideological, but they're also character driven. Like to see the end of the of the trailer of this trailer, we see Steve and Bucky, um, you know, fighting uh, Tony in a way that you can tell is no one's holding their punches. So it's just like you end with this question of like, how do things get bad enough that this happens? These trailers are an example of trailers that are better in some ways than the movie itself. I was a little disappointed by Civil War, especially in how I think it kind of presented a lot of these tensions as like ideological and then totally dropped that in terms of just being like totally character driven. Like, well, you killed my parents. And it's like, yeah, that's like very relatable, but also, you know, as far as I can tell from the source material, like there actually are some really interesting like political and ideological um viewpoints at play and I was really excited to see the MCU take those on while also grounding it in character and like to see how those kinds of beliefs can like have friends actually like turning against each other I was like oh my goodness what's going to happen and also I feel like it's something that's very relatable even more so in the years post-Civil War um you know having ideological differences with like your friends or family your loved ones and like figuring out how to navigate those is something that has become only more relevant in the United States and probably elsewhere. I wish that the movie that they presented to me was as wonderful as I expected it to be from these trailers. But um, yeah, they're still, they're still very good. They still articulate a lot of the things that are good about this movie. And I love this trailer. Um, okay, my top pick, uh, it's going to be absolutely no surprises here, it's Thor Ragnarok. The teaser for Thor Ragnarok is the best MCU trailer by far for me. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, it was a lot like, you know in the movies where you see this trope of someone who's downtrodden, like, um, do a couple of lines of coke, and then they're like, woo! <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that was this trailer to me, um, it has everything. You've got Mjolnir being destroyed pretty much right off the bat. Kate Blanchett being incredible. Tessa Thompson, Return of the Hulk. Jeff Goldblum, Loki doing his double dagger flip. Asgard destroyed. The haircut, the winged helmet. It was like after two solo movies and some other Avengers appearances, they finally fully figured it out. Thanks to Taika Waititi, the Thor hype was suddenly off the charts thanks to this one minute and 52 seconds of undiluted joy. Um, and then you had that Led Zeppelin track on top, you know, and it was just, in my opinion, just absolutely perfect. And maybe the Thor 4 trailer will will top it, we'll see, but I, I can't think of, a tra- of, of an MCU trailer I've loved more than Ragnarok. Yeah, I don't know if Thor 4 could top it, even if it's an amazing trailer, because I think, like, it's becoming obvious that, like, we view these trailers in context, obviously, and to get Thor Ragnarok after Dark World, it just feels like that jump in quality (laughs) and energy is just, yeah, it's, I guess, your cocaine analogy. (laughs) (laughs) The weird thing about, if you look, if you think about the movies, you know, outside of the trailers is that... Um, Infinity War sort of undid a lot of what Ragnarok tried to do you know you don't Thor doesn't need the hammer okay we'll get him Stormbreaker you know um, we'll grow his hair back by endgame and 
you know, all that stuff. Like, he gets his eye replaced. So, well, Infinity War um, was also like just... the very beginning is like all these people who escaped from Ragnarok, yeah, they're all murdered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not all of them, obviously, but it was just like, remember how they triumphantly escaped by like banding together? It's like, yeah. No, the bunch of them are killed. <laughs> it's hard being a refugee. Is yeah. <laughs> I assumed that would be my first choice until I saw I rewatched them all in the Guardians of the Galaxy mm. to really struck. But yeah, it is. It's like um, we've been talking. We've had this meta conversation about why like they even do trailers anymore. And like, you're right, Katie. That one in particular that really needed to be an argument coming off of, like, Thor The Dark World 2. Like, that trailer, any future Thor movie trailer had to really convince people to, like, no, we got it this time. Like, we figured it out. And I think it's kind of funny and telling that I... Maybe this is apocryphal, but I'm pretty sure didn't Taika Waititi use that song, like, in a cut of, like, a um, a storyboard or, like a like, a brief CGI presentation... Mm-hmm that he presented to Marvel to convince them that he was the guy to make this movie. I don't know. Oh, really? He, he cut, like, a little sizzle reel for Marvel um, with, like, some Thor action and Led Zeppelin playing. I would believe uh, that. And I hope that's true. <laughs> and if it was, I think it's kind of cool and fitting that they just use the same song for the trailer. Because, like, it's, they had to convince Marvel, and then they had to convince Marvel fans mm-hmm. that this was actually going to slap. And then, lo and behold, it slapped. <laughs> I think if that's true, it also says so much about how Taika Waititi is able to articulate his vision as a director. And it's hard to make a movie exactly as you pictured it. It's really, really hard to make a movie. So when directors are able to do that, I think that's like articulate a very specific vision or even have a vision. (laughs) Um, Yeah, have an articulate vision and then be able to um, effectively execute it. That is an incredible gift. So it has been confirmed that he did make a sizzle reel. Alex is like, this been... just in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says he uh, he used he torrented clips from other Marvel cool. movies. <laughs> That's it for this random as hell episode of Marvel Standom. We'll be back soon as November is going to be a big month for the MCU. Not only do we have Eternals on the way, but we also have Hawkeye releasing on Disney Plus later in the month with a double bill. We'll be there to cover all that and everything else the MCU has to throw at us. Please like and subscribe because we're really like a small outfit here (laughs) strung together with like glue and paper clips. So please do that and you can also find us on our web home of denageek.com where we write about the mcu in much more detail please hit us up at twitter too at marvel standom or at den of geek us and if you've had enough of watching us you can also follow marvel standom as a podcast on spotify and apple see you again <laughs> <laughs>